0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. The cricket behind me has been waiting and waiting and waiting, but it's finally here. We get football, and football that actually matters. We got the Lions yesterday, but nobody cares. I am very excited, actually, to watch the Bears today, I, the Bears and the Dolphins, because again, um, been a lot of very positive reports about Justin Fields. So to be honest, the pressure's on, right? Um, if they're honest, if, if the reporters and everybody have been 100% honest about this, he should absolutely light it up. The Miami Dolphins defense should just absolutely get shredded by the Chicago Bears offense. So... As much as it's good news for Bears fans that there have been positive reports, the pressure is on a thousand percent. If he doesn't go out there and throw three touchdowns and no interceptions, he underperformed because I've heard nothing except this guy is, he's Pat Mahomes. And not not those exact words, but I mean, I, I, I say that advisedly because I actually did go back and look at it and we can look at it. Oh, no, we can't because I didn't, <laughs> I still didn't send it to myself. Whatever, I did go back and look at um, other quarterbacks and how well they did in the the preseason, and there's almost like an inverse relationship. Most really good quarterbacks are trash in their first preseason. A lot of quarterbacks, so I think the the best quarterback I found, I think, was Hundley. In his first preseason, it was like seven touchdowns, no interceptions, a billion yards. He absolutely lit it up. Tim Boyle was up there, a lot of other quarterbacks. Um, but Pat Mahomes also was really, really good when he started out. I mean, he just—he he's always been flawless, and that just carried on. Um, Aaron Rodgers was not good. Matt Stafford was not good. Kirk Cousins was not good. A, a lot of these guys that I looked at, they did not have good preseasons at all. And I know a lot of people wanted to trip me up and be like, no, 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 you got to look at Aaron Rodgers' second season. No, I don't. Why would I compare Aaron Rodgers' fifth preseason game with Jordan Love's first preseason game. I don't understand that. That doesn't. That's not how that works. I'm sorry. But anyways, Justin Fields, when I say um, Pat Mahomes, I don't just mean that he looks like him, he plays like him, or whatever. It's just the fact that he's been flawless through the preseason, and the expectation from the Bears fans is that he's going to continue that for the rest of his career. And it's not impossible. I'm not just trying to be a wise guy. I'm just stating a fact that the pressure for the chicago bears at noon today is very high if he throws any interceptions which to be honest i'll be a little surprised cuz that was kind of his thing in college i always said he was he kind of reminded me of aaron rodgers with the touchdown to interception ratios through a lot of touchdowns very very few interceptions but we'll see I, to be honest it's my expectation that he's going to do well if he doesn't then i'm going to be a little little confused i guess but also the reports about Tua have been a little bit better, but especially Jalen Waddle. So across the board, it's going to be kind of interesting. Obviously, some guys, I, I, I'm i assuming Khalil Mack will not play a single snap this entire preseason. And I'm sure that'll be the Bears fans' number one critique. If, uh, you know, Tua plays, and I don't, I don't exactly know that he's going to, but I'm sure Waddle will. If they destroy the Bears' defense because their secondary is kind of trash, I'm sure the excuse is going to be, well, there's no Khalil and Akeem Hicks. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Now, to be honest, again, my, my expectations, and I said this, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, for uh, Jordan Love are really not that high. Um, just ba- Again, just based on the reports that we've seen. So the bar is set lower for Love because of what we've heard so far in camp. And that's not a good thing. I'm not trying to make that a positive. It's obviously a negative. The reports about Justin Fields have been far higher than the reports about Jordan Love. What we've heard about Justin Fields is that he's been flawless. What we've heard about Jordan Love is that he's inconsistent. He looks great one minute, and then he just throws a pick, right? Just a a great throw followed by a terrible throw. So that's kind of what I expect to see in the preseason, followed by a barrage of angry Packer fans and a week of misery from people who just love to be miserable. And there's a lot of them. I've learned that there are a lot of Packer fans that just want to complain all the time. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's a weird thing that not everybody grew up with, but when I grew up, it was not considered a good thing to complain. I got in trouble as a kid when I complained and whined. I was mocked and ridiculed and punished for it. And I find that to be a good thing because it doesn't really do very much. It's it's not that you can't point something out. Like, if you want to which it might be a little bit early, but if you want to kind of pull your receipts, which we do sometimes, right? Like, dude, I called that. That guy was a really good player. I do that. Like, that was my guy. I nailed it. Or, you know, pull other people's once in a while and be like, I told you this was a bad pick. That's one thing. But you know what I'm talking about, the people that are just absolutely miserable, and they just want everyone to be miserable, and we should fire Gutekunst, and the reason we lost is because we drafted a and they're just so dramatic. They're so dramatic. They're the biggest drama queens in the world. And it's usually, which is weird, it's usually like hyper-masculine guys who are acting like very, very emotional young girls. And that just confuses me. And it's, it's weird that they don't see what they're doing. Like some dude that's just jacked, tattoos, probably has a shirtless pic, backwards hat and sunglasses, something, I don't know, probably played high school football, likes to think of himself as a super manly man, but just cannot handle anything at all the weakest, softest people in the world. And I, I just want them to see it like, dude, like listen, let me let me help you. You take a lot of pride in everything you do and you're ruining it right now because you think that lashing out and, and acting like this is mas- masculine? It's absolutely not. Everybody looking at you is seeing a stomping child. A six-year-old in the cereal aisle stomping and crying because mommy isn't buying them the the Cocoa Puffs or buying them the toy. That's what you look like. So you're ruining everything you've all the hours you put into the gym, get those big old jacked muscles, all that work you put in, all those hours getting a nice burn. You ever know those guys always they look burned. Like not, it's not tan. Like I'm I'm sunburned. I don't know. Just just an observation. I'm, maybe I'm just picturing like one person. I don't know. I just have like a image, an image in my mind. Also, is it just me or do these guys always shave their chests and stuff? I don't know. I don't, I don't find that to be super masculine either. But we'll leave that alone. You're trying real hard to be like the manly man, and like the whole world is just impressed by you. Don't do that. You're ruining all your hard work. And you work hard to be a tough guy, right? You took like those six MMA classes and stuff. You punched a guy once in sixth grade. Remember that? You're the man. You were, remember when everybody was like, dude, you are the man in middle school when you played linebacker. Don't ruin it by going on Twitter and acting like a four-year-old. You've got a heck of a reputation with everybody for just being, you know, like when you carry in the groceries, one trip, every time, one trip. Even when, you know, like that one, you, you know how, like sometimes you start trying to do the one trip thing and you're like at your max and then you look and there's one bag left and it's the one that's filled with like three milks, you know, like the heaviest one. And it's like, dude, I don't think I could, like, not only that, but I got to try to open the door. And that hurts more because you got to like really put some muscle into it. And then you're like pulling and gravity's like pulling back. And it's like all of a sudden the, the those seven bags got heavier. You're the guy that's going to do it every time. Like, I'm getting those milks. I'm not coming back. I'm not a punk. Think I'm a punk? Look at this sunburn. I ain't a punk. Dude, I got six tattoos, son. You think I'm not going to get that milk? One trip all day. But again, then you go on Twitter and you cry. I'm just trying to help you. I mean, I'm trying to help everyone else, too, because we're annoyed by you, but I'm just trying to help you, dude. It's okay to be upset. It's not okay to just absolutely launch into a tirade with one mission in mind, and that is to just make everybody miserable. It's not just, I told you so. It's burn it all to the ground. This is a trash franchise. Gutekunst is a joke. He should be fired immediately. We should probably trade for Antonio Brown or something weird. There's always some kind of weird thing where we can fix this real quickly. You know, if we would have gotten T. Higgins, whatever it is, be calm, man. Grocery bags are heavy, but emotions can be too. And the question is, can you can you handle them too? And I feel like you can't. You got the emotional strength of a four-year-old. You got some sweet biceps, but man. And I'm, I'm just putting it out there because I'm telling you, my my tolerance for this stuff is getting less and less. And I'm I'm just going to be really mean. I'm just, I just, I don't want to be mean. And by the way, none of us are happy about this. Everybody else is upset. Everybody's going to be upset if we watch Jordan Love play and he doesn't play well. That's going to be upsetting to everybody. And then you want to come in over the top and make everybody even more miserable, as though you're the only one suffering and the only one seeing this right now. You're the only one having a bad day. That's, That's the thing that upsets me the most about it. When the Packers lose, and I'm already really upset, and I'm just trying to go about my day like, all right, I got to set this aside because I got a life. I have work tomorrow. I have kids. I have a wife. I got a family. I got stuff to do, and I can't out. And I have people seeking me out to try to make me miserable. You know, the emotional infants, or, or you just see them on Twitter just trying to make everybody more miserable. Like, Dude, we're all in a bad mood. We're all suffering a little bit. Go away. Go suffer in silence like a grown-up, please. Nobody cares. Just, I can't, I can't handle it. Especially since the whole offseason has been that. Way. We went to the NFC Championship. It was not that bad of a year. And we got to act like the, the Packers were a two-win team. I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Go vote, go root for another team. Please, I'm begging you to root for another team. Pick one other team that's better and root for them. Well, Tampa Bay's better. Great, go root for them. And then in two years when they're trash, pick a new team. You could just be, you would be a great Fairweather fan. Because the only thing that matters to you is is success, being the best, and since you can't achieve it in your own life, you demand everybody else around you achieve it. So just go follow the team that wins, and you will win the Super Bowl every year, and finally you get your dream come true—the thing you've always wanted, my favorite team to win the Super Bowl every year—the thing that you demand—you finally get it. Congratulations, we're happy for you. I'm so I'm ha- I'm really happy for you. I really am. This is great. This is a great day for all of us. We've just solved a major problem. How is it these people who are miserable and demand Super Bowls every single year can be happy? I think we just solved it. You have a rooting interest, and then when it becomes clear that your rooting interest is losing, just change your allegiance. No big deal. It's like Bruce Lee said: "Be like water. Water can flow, but it can also crash. Put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Bucks win the Super Bowl, you become the Bucks, right? Like you, you can be on the Bucks. Maybe they'll even send you a Super Bowl ring. That'd be crazy." I don't know why not though, you're their biggest fan. Maybe the Bills will win this year. You could be a Bills fan. Just think of all the cool stuff you could you could you could become. You can do anything you put your mind to. It's crazy. Crazy world, man. Can you tell I'm anticipating the amount of negativity after this game, right? It's a frickin' preseason game. I just want to watch and see how a couple guys are doing. And I just I can already feel it. And I just I'm already a, I'm I'm preemptively upset about the stupidity I'm gonna have to endure. And by the way, those same people will say nothing if Jordan Love has a great day. Zero things. They're gonna wait. They'll just lie and wait. They're either gonna complain about somebody else, Stokes, if he has a bad day. Right? If 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 Jordan Love throws three touchdowns and two hundred and fifty yards, zero interceptions, and like a ninety percent completion rate, but Stokes gives up a single touchdown, guess which one they're gonna talk about? I just I don't I don't I don't, I don't understand people. But. Again, today should be a very good day filled with football and merriment. And if you want to share in that with me, feel free. If you want to complain to me, please don't. I just, I don't feel like it. I got enough going on. If you want to contribute to good things, please do. I just, I don't care. Not your therapist. I'm probably, I'll tell you what. I got a Patreon set up. I'll set up a tier for therapists. It'll be 50 bucks a month. That's my fee. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I should do that. I'm going to do that. Not because I expect anyone to do it. I just, that way I can direct them. Oh, that's it. That's exactly what I'm going to do. That's, that's brilliant. Anytime people complain to me, I'm just going to post a link to my tier that says therapist. And then I'm going to post a link to that. And then I'm going to give them some fake schedule. Like I have openings on Tuesdays at, <laughs> at 4.30. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling good. Anyways, so again, we got Chicago, Miami coming up at noon. I'm using all central time user, you know, whatever. Noon would be like the normal time that games are on. For me, it's noon. Uh, East Coast is one o'clock. Whatever it is for you, that's the you know the thing. Then we get the Vikings at three, which is great. Um, again, I'm not sure exactly who's going to play, but Vikings in Denver. So we, we get all the most interesting games right out of the way. Denver is very interesting to all of us for a lot of reasons. I think there's a lot of fans who would love to see my Minnesota win just to laugh at Denver because they hate Denver right now. But uh, yeah, I, I I really don't care. I just I'm interested in a couple players. We'll see who ends up playing. Then we get a gap. We get some 6 o'clock games, and then there's just a ton of overlap between all these. But uh, at 6 o'clock, Baltimore and New Orleans. New Orleans, obviously, is going to be the most interesting. We're going to want to watch that and see how the quarterbacks are doing. Who's who's getting the first start, first of all, which they may have already said, but I guess I missed it. And uh, just generally how they're doing. Uh, they're playing Baltimore. Could be interesting, I guess. I don't think... I, uh, Lamar's definitely not going to play. Uh, Otherwise, Jacksonville and Cleveland. I don't know why you'd want to watch that over New Orleans, but you could. 630 New York Jets against the New York Giants. I'll probably just keep watching the Saints. Um, Also, Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Again, I'll just keep watching the Saints. And then finally, so you get an hour of Saints before we got to switch over to the Green Bay Packers versus the Houston Texans. And again, that's really the only one I think I'll be watching the rest of the day. Um, Sorry, I didn't go live yesterday. That was the intention. I just It was like right up until I was like, I should, I should go do that and then do the podcast. And it was like nine o'clock at night. I'm like, no, you should go to bed and just do the podcast tomorrow. So that's what I did. Um, Possible I go live today, but it's just, it's going to be tough because I could maybe do it before the game, I guess. I don't think there's any way I can do it after. It's going to be way too late. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, before we take a break, the only other thing that I wanted to look at, because it's somewhat interesting, because it's actually a thing, we've actually got preseason PFF grades. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to at least look at the rookies and just see how they're doing. Um, So far, the only two quarterbacks we've got are Mac Jones and Felipe Franks. Mac uh, Frank, yeah, Franks. Mac Jones actually did grade out quite well. He had an 82 overall passing grade, completed 13 of 19 for 87 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Felipe Franks, two of nine but still had a somewhat average grade, mostly because of his running ability, not because of his passing ability. The uh, rookie receivers so far, I don't think there's any huge big-name receivers that we've seen. I mean, of the guys that are graded, so anybody that played yesterday probably doesn't have a grade yet, but um, the only two that graded out well, Rico Bussey and Brendan Eagles, and those two are undrafted free agents. So again, nothing super interesting there. trying to think who the earliest that was drafted here. So there was one third-round pick, and that's uh, Diami Brown. It's the only one so far. Uh, Brown, four targets, two receptions, 16 yards, 63 overall grade. So that's what Amari's got to beat right there, to be the best third-round receiver so far. I think he can handle it. I'm, I'm willing to bet he's going to get more than two receptions for 16 yards, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There are, there are a lot of wide receivers that need uh, some work uh running backs we did see Najee Harris I thought he looked pretty good but he got just a 70 overall grade um nine attempts 32 yards no touchdown only 3.6 yards per carry I, I didn't watch the whole thing I saw he had a couple really good runs it must have been not all very good runs it's actually his second game um he had the hall of fame game and then this last preseason game so um he's had 3.1 years So yeah so this last what he only ran two times. All right. I guess he only ran. I guess I watched his two carries, and he did have a five-yard average. I don't know. It's weird. Um, three guys did grade out quite well. Kenneth Gainwell, fifth-round pick, Caleb Huntley, who's an undrafted free agent. And then the the big name was Ramondre Stevenson, uh, fourth-round pick. Guy had 10 carries, 127 yards, 12.7 average, and two touchdowns. So he just absolutely tore it up yesterday, or two days ago, I guess. Offensive lineman. Um... Couple kind of big names. Um, Jalen Mayfield was a fairly big name. Um, a lot of people, I shouldn't say liked him, but he, he was a he was a in consideration for the Packers as a possible first round pick as a right tackle out of Michigan. He ended up falling all the way to the third. He was the second lowest graded. There's only six rookies, but uh, 41 overall grade is pretty abysmal. Uh, 27 snaps. He gave up a hurry and a sack, so three pressures on. Uh, well, 21 pass-blocking reps. So that's obviously way too high. Uh, Dylan Radins went to Tennessee in the second round, did decent, had a 72 overall grade. And then Sam Cosme, who went to Washington, was absolutely dominant. Um, not great as a pass-blocker, but 92 overall run-blocking grade, which I kind of think was his whole thing all along. I don't know. But uh, 81 overall, pretty solid outing for him. couple other no-name guys defensively, defensive linemen, not a lot of big names here yet, and nobody really graded out very well. Edge rushers, um, again, no real big names. Uh, Quincy Roche, 72 overall. Ronnie Perkins, 68 overall. Linebackers, which obviously is a big one everybody wants to know about. Um, Let's see, Jamin Davis, Yameen, but, you know, Jamin will always be his name, was the lowest graded linebacker, which that always just, I don't know why. I shouldn't be happy about that, because obviously, you know, you want guys to do a good job, but... Everybody was so confident and cocky and just, you know, we got to get this guy and all that stuff. 31 overall grade. He was the... Le- Every time Packer fans want a certain guy, he's always the worst linebacker ever. Micah Parsons did grade out quite well. Obviously, he was well out of our range. They also drafted Jabril Cox, which is the guy that I wanted really, really badly. He had a 76 overall grade. A uh, few There's 10 total. None of these other guys really... Uh, not very known commodities. Uh, Erol Thompson, who was an undrafted free agent, was the highest graded linebacker. Corners, I know somebody made a comment that the corners are not looking very good. I think it was mostly about yesterday. Not a lot of, let's see, who's, again, a lot of the big name guys, I guess, just haven't played quite yet. Um, Kelvin Joseph was a second round pick out of 68 overall grade. One tackle, two targets, two receptions, 13 yards. Richie Grant, who was a second-round pick, was the lowest-graded, 49.9. Benjamin St. Juiced, third-round pick, was the second-lowest-graded. And again, with safeties, not a whole lot there yet. So again, I I just want to keep an eye on it for the sake of perspective, first of all. Um, Like I've been doing a lot lately, just because, again, I think a lot of Packer fans assume everybody else is just killing it, right? Everybody is just tearing it up. So when our guys go out and embarrass themselves, it's an embarrassment to us personally. You know what I mean? Like everybody's watching and laughing at us because Jordan Love doesn't look good or because Eric Stokes doesn't look good. And while everybody else went out and drafted first round, second round, third round studs, we look stupid. So I like to bring these things up just to show like, I mean, not everybody's doing very good. And the guys that are are undrafted free agents that might not even make the team. So do with the information what you will, but just please understand what reality is, right? Just, just try to come from a place of, again, I'm going to be disappointed if Jordan Love and Amari Rodgers and Eric Stokes and, uh, you know, know, Kylan Hill, anybody, Josh Myers, if any of these guys don't look good or have a bad day, I'm going to be upset. But there has to be that little thing in the back of your brain that says, dude, relax, it's preseason. A lot of really good players, studs, didn't look too good in the preseason, especially when we're talking first preseason game ever. I mean, Devontae Adams had a... (laughs) he's, He's... Devontae Adams has never had a good preseason except in 2018. (laughs) Three targets, three receptions, 84 yards. His grades in the preseason, 64, 52, 70, 50, 92, 53. David Bakhtiari's preseason grades from 2013 to 2019, 57, 53, 57, 72, 56, 67, 64. This is a guy whose grades are like 80s and 90s every year. He's averaging like a, a solid 59 overall in the preseason. Corey Lindsley, 78, 72, 56, 66, and 68. He's gotten worse over time. Good thing we cut him, because this guy is declining rapidly in the preseason. We can't handle that. Now we know the truth. He's embarrassing us in the preseason. Frickin' guy. Aaron Jones started off hot. 2017 had a 77 overall grade, which is great. But then in 2018, 67.7. And he hasn't even played in 2019 or 2020. I mean, I don't know why we decided to pay the guy. He had one good preseason ever, and that was like 70 years ago. Give me a break. 2018, 14 attempts, 52 yards, 3.7 yards per attempt, and one touchdown. 3.7 yards per attempt in the preseason? When you're going up against Scrubs? What a joker. This guy's so bad. He's so bad. And don't even get me started on Elton Jenkins. 48. 48 overall grade in 2019. It was the only time he played. 48. Trash. Bust. Loser. Can't believe we even cheer for this guy. Jair, 2018, 78 overall grade. 2019, 55. 55. One tackle, one missed tackle. 50% tackle rate, by the way. Basically the same thing in 2018. So the guy can't tackle. Two targets, one reception for 12 yards. I mean, just abysmal. 53 overall coverage grade, 27 tackling grade. I mean, I don't know why we think Jair is some kind of good corner because he's not. That's garbage. Adrian Amos, I was a dummy saying that this guy's been not only good, but consistently good for a long time. How about these for preseason grades? 54, 57, 66, 51, and 60. 66 is his best grade ever. Um, Cut him. Thank you. Bye. Bye, dead weight. I'm going to go pick up some undrafted free agents that are getting like 90 overall grades in the preseason. Thank you very much. Sidarius had one good year in five in the preseason. Kenny had one good year in 4 It's also kind of important to point this out. I mean, obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Hopefully, you guys realize I'm being sarcastic because otherwise, like, this Never listened to this guy, but he's an idiot. He said we should cut Jair. Jeez. Why do people listen to this show? It's also kind of important to remember, and and I'm... You got to understand, sometimes I'm picking on you. I'm kind of talking to myself, too. This is me doing this to myself so that I don't freak out like an idiot tonight. It's probably like 55% talking to myself and 45% talking to you, but... It is important because a lot of times we see guys really tear it up in training camp and preseason, and they either are on the practice squad or get cut or they are they make the active roster, but they don't play, and we get mad. Dude, he's so good. Why don't they play him? He's so good. Well, we don't know that he is. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see what he can do in the regular season for sure, but probably should trust the coaching staff uh, for their ability to evaluate Uh, beyond what we saw them do against the third-string team in the preseason. You know what I mean? It's kind of important perspective, I think. Anyways, why don't we take a break, and when we come back, I want to kind of go through some of the things that I want to watch in this game. It's One of the things I wanted to go live with yesterday was to kind of get your input and kind of talk through it and, you know, that kind of stuff before the podcast. But we'll just talk about what I'm thinking. But before we get there, um, again, Patreon had another very, very, very good day. I really appreciate everybody um, I'm somewhat contemplating open up a third league. I just don't want to spread myself too thin because then it's kind of unfair to the people that are, you know, I mean, they're jo- trying to join a league and be a part of this. And then I'm not as engaged, kind of contemplating it, but I, I don't know if I should. Uh, I had, I think two people reach out and they're like, Hey, I'm here. How do I sign up? And it's like, dude, that was hours ago. It's already full. So if you are, if you've donated to Palmer Home or if you're in the top three tiers on Patreon and you do want to uh, join the league, just reach out and let me know and I'll kind of gauge interest and we'll see from there. As far as thank yous, I, I don't really know where I left off, but let's just start with all yesterday's stuff and work our way through. Thank you to Chad Maurer. Thank you for Andrew Matson for upping your pledge. Thank you very much to Thomas Austin for jumping in on Patreon. Thank you to Evan Bretschneider for joining the Patreon. Thank you very, very much to Anthony Suarez, who decided he's going to up this. <laughs> he is now my new highest uh, patron, I believe. And thank you to Jeff Nelson, who also decided to join the tier that doesn't exist tier. Finally, thank you to Blaze Falgiano for jumping in on Patreon. Really, really appreciate it. Something else to think about is if it's not fantasy football, is there something else cool we can do? Because there there is that other... You know what? Maybe I'll do... Maybe what I'll do is... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Just just something for you guys to think about. What would be interesting for you talking to the patrons? Because a lot of you... I'm noticing a lot of people jumping in on that $5 tier, and I feel like that might just be for fantasy football. So if you're about to just jump off because you're not getting a spot, uh, let me know first. And also let me know, is, is there an alternative? Something else like the the pick'em pool or something else that we could do just for patrons, something. I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. I don't know what you want. Tell me what you want. A lot of times I come up with stuff and everyone's like, that's not interesting. It's like, well, then it's stupid I put that much work into it because nobody wants it. But uh, yeah, again, thank you guys very much. And, and we are, I mean, we're starting to reinvigorate my hope that we can get this done. We were adding a lot of patrons for quite a while. And I was like, I'm going to be buying Packers tickets for sure. And then it kind of died off. And then I was actually losing more patrons than I was gaining. But uh, we're at 241. So we need 59 patrons before the end of week one. So the Packers Saints, when that game is over, if we're at 300 patrons, I'm going to give away a Green Bay Packers ticket. And I believe we're also doing another giveaway for any new patrons. So if you're a new patron, you've got two possible giveaways. It's going to be some signed memorabilia type stuff. And then also the possibility of winning a Green Bay Packers ticket. Don't exactly know the details on that. I think I'm... I'll probably work it out with the winner to try to pick a game. I don't know. But I kind of want to get that done as soon as possible, because I'm, I'm, I'm at that point, I immediately want to switch gears to, can we get to 400 so I can buy someone playoff tickets? So, But we got to cross the first bridge. But anyways, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about the preseason game coming up. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... By the way, I forgot to comment on it. It was one of those things. I just started catching little bits of it on social media, um, and uh, Brian on Facebook reached out and kind of he hit me with it, sort of as a reminder. But there's a lot going on with Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews and all that, and I think somebody else was was quote unquote lobbying for him. I'm assuming that's a joke. I mean, I, I didn't. The reason I haven't talked about it or even um, I don't know mentioned it at all is because it just it's thought it was a joke. And I, I still think it is. I, I don't think, first of all, he's not going to publicly lobby for Clay Matthews on social media. He's going to go to Brian Gutekunst. And I suppose we can get into conspiratorial territory and say that, well, he's just trying to put pressure on him or what. I, I think it's a joke, man. Now, to be fair, um, it's um, somewhat of an unkind joke because he, he literally went out and brought Clay Matthews back. And now he's like, ha ha, we should bring Clay back, right? <laughs> just kidding. He sucks, right? I mean, it's... I don't know. It could be like an inside joke between him and Clay. Maybe they were just talking about it and maybe he he was just talking to Clay and Clay's like, "Dude, I'm I'm very done with the NFL. I'm so happy. I'm I'm rich and I'm relaxing and I'm just having a great great time. I never want to play again." And so he's like, "All right, I'm going to throw this on social media as a joke." So I I don't I don't know. I, do people think it's real or I don't know. But um again, I I thought it was a joke and we were all kind of in on the joke and it was like, ha, that's funny, right?" But just in case anyone thinks it's serious, I I'm pretty sure it's a joke. Could be wrong, though. If I'm missing something, let me know. Because again, I haven't really looked into it. It just, I just brushed it off as like a silly thing. Anyways, what are, there he is, Mr. Corral. (laughs) I'm actually excited for college football to start up. That never happens. I hate college football. I like watching prospects. I don't like watching college football. It's terrible. I don't know why. It's football. Why don't I like football? And I even have rooting interests. Like I try rooting for the Badgers and I don't care. I try rooting for Alabama. I have a hard time caring. Maybe I should try rooting for Ole Miss. Maybe that's going to be my thing. You know, it's one of those things you root for them, and when you know, you know. I'll try this year rooting for Ole Miss and see if like something something hits me. See if anything clicks. I did. I was a big fan of Corral and also their uh, their wide receiver that I think went to the Jets, uh, Elijah Moore. So I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's my thing. I don't know. Plus Malcolm Reed, I think, is a Ole Miss fan. So if I can real quick become an Ole Miss fan and then win that competition and go down there and barbecue with him, I'll show up with like some Ole Miss merch and be like, what up guys? You guys are Ole Miss fans? Or, oh, you are? That's crazy. I don't even know. I'm not wearing a Viking shirt though. No, I'll just just wear Packers stuff and really make him mad. What's he going to do? I won the competition. He has to be nice to me. (laughs) Anyways, because you know how I do, we're going to go position by position here. Um... Quarterback isn't really worth talking about too much um, other than expectations, which, again, we've kind of covered. Aaron Rodgers will not play, I don't believe, at all this preseason, and I'm 100% on board with that. Um, I think I'm becoming more and more anti-preseason. I used to feel like you know you want to get a little bit into it because you don't want that slow start, but as long as the whole entire NFL is moving in the same direction at the same time, in other words, nobody's really playing their quarterback, then nobody's really getting an unfair advantage. Because everybody just sucks in the regular season, and so it's just kind of a bad product, but it doesn't affect your record all that much. Plus, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a much easier time acclimating to week one with no practice than some of these other quarterbacks because they're just, they're not Aaron Rodgers. So it's kind of an unfair advantage in our, in our favor. He should not play a single snap. Now, obviously, there's still training and things like that to where, you, I mean, you don't want there to be a heightened chance of injury. So you want him to be doing some kind of physical this, that, or the other on top of all the stretches and everything else that they have him doing. But as far as an actual preseason game, I'm fine with just seeing none of it. Um, Kurt Benkert, I mean, I just like the guy, and I, I hope for his sake he does well. I'd like it if he could stick around. Um, I don't usually get on board with like the the number threes that we become obsessed with. but um, And again, it's not really because I think he's going to be a super great quarterback. It's just, I, 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 just, I don't know, I, I like... I I just like rooting for people. And again, when I realized how much the Packers paid him, and it's like, he's got such a cool life, and I like that. You know, there's a thing in our society with some people where they get mad at some people's success for various reasons. Some people are just jealous of success. Some people don't like people making money because it's unfair, whatever the reason. I love it. And I think I love it because as long as we live in a world where a guy like Kurt can have a life where he gets to play football as a backup, he's married, he's got a kid, he travels like they were just in Florida having a good old time and then they just like hop in the car and do a road trip and it's like he, he gets paid to be a video game guy and a football player like it's just such an awesome life and I'm I'm excited that we live in a world where people can have lives like that because I want I kind of want to have a life like that someday. So I like that that's a thing and I'm happy for the guy and I want him to have success and I hope the Packers give him another contract next year like dude, you' um, you're not great. But you're good enough to get this massive check of like a couple million bucks to stick around for a few years. Like, <laughs> all right. On top of obviously the guy, I mean, he's doing fine with the video game thing. And he's just a fun guy to have around. I mean, if he was kind of a jerk, he'd be like, nah, you can go sell cars. I don't care. But he's a good dude. And it's like, yeah, I just, I want good dudes to have good lives. That's all. Jordan Love, it's kind of a different standard, obviously, because I want, because he's a Packer anyway, I, especially, I want him to be a really good football player. So, I think the biggest thing for him is limiting mistakes. He doesn't have to blow me away. I don't really need to see the 40-yard bomb right in the pocket. I just want to see good decisions. I want to see efficiency. I want to see good execution, not fumbled snaps and errant throws and confusion. Just, Just show that you kind of understand what's going on. You can operate simple scripted plays. You can hit the wide open guy coming across the middle of the field. Because essentially, remember, that's kind of what we're talking about with Jordan Love. Not that he doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's the kind of guy where... This is very scheme-heavy kind of offense where we're scheming a lot of guys open and all that. So what you need is to be cerebral and be able to, to understand what is expected of you and execute within that. Show that you can execute within that. And then again, the biggest thing is limit mistakes don't orchestrate this great drive down the field you know we're dinking and dunking you hit that one like 17 yard pass beautiful on the you know down the sideline and we're moving and the running game's cooking and we get down into the 20 yard line and you you throw that one pass into double coverage and it gets picked like just just don't do it's not that important if we have to drive if you orchestrate a beautiful drive down the field and it comes to a stall and we kick a field goal everybody's still happy for you right? Maybe it wasn't perfect, but at least so we can see, like, he's making progress. That was a good drive. Could have been better, but whatever. He's still got time. Just don't scare us to death by being the guy that looks good most of the time, but just can't finish because, you, I mean, that's, again, that's Mitch Trubisky. I, 70% of the time, I think Mitch looked good. It's the fact that 30% of the time he looked so bad, and it just ruined him. You can't, you have to be closer to flawless to be an NFL quarterback. And it was probably closer to like 85% of the time you look good. But it doesn't matter because you have to drive all the way down the field and then finish. And if you mess up one time, one bad pass could kill the whole drive. One interception automatically kills a drive. Limiting mistakes is the biggest thing for me and Jordan Love. Bad decisions, bad passes. If the worst thing you've got is that we didn't exactly rack up a bunch of points and you had to throw away a couple passes, whatever. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Just don't throw a bunch of picks. If it's there, throw it. If it's not, don't. Simple. Offensive line, again, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm sure there are some, like, offensive line coaches, Coach Hawn or whatever, are going to be just zoned in on the offensive line. I'm probably not. I'm, I'm going to be staring at the football like a lot of fans do. But I'm going to do my best to try to focus in, especially on the interior. Um, we got a real big guard battle. Uh, Braden, Runyon, and Lucas Patrick are in a real heated battle. I think, if I had to guess, Runyon is kind of on top of that battle. But I don't know. We've we've heard good things about you know Lucas yesterday, just absolutely steamrolling to Daryl Slate, et cetera, et cetera. And it is actually an exciting group, and I'm, I am excited to to be able to see what they did. Although I you know, again, it's going to be hard to watch. But I'm interested in Josh Myers, Lucas Patrick, Ben Braden, Jake Hansen, John Runyon. Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannan, John Dietzen, Dennis Kelly, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm very invested in how good these guys do. So uh, it might be one of those things where I'm more interested after the fact to kind of go back and observe what people noticed on Twitter. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cut-ups by some of the awesome Packer fans that do that kind of stuff. Um, any evaluation by any coaches, whether it's Han or anybody else that does breakdowns on that, is going to be real insightful. And then, of course, PFF and what they had to say is going to be another really awesome insight. But a lot of that, again, is going to be after the fact. But still extremely interested in how this pans out. And it's it's a real heated battle. Um, on top of obviously being very interested in Josh Myers and how he plays. And Turner if he plays, et cetera, et cetera. Um, wide receiver, Devontae, I don't expect to play, nor should he. It's re it's it I'm surprised how unsure I am of anything. It wasn't very long ago where I thought Devin Funches had the ability to be the number two, and I still think he could be, depending on how well, he does. He's looked pretty good in camp. But he's also, it's probably the only time I've ever said a guy could be possibly the number two, but also might not make the team. And I think both of those are reasonable. And I don't know how to reconcile that. It just goes to show how crazy stuff is. Like, you know, I mean, I I think it's very easily, you could say Funchess could be better than Lazard and, and Marquez, depending on what you mean by, you know, better or whatever. MVS is going to have the deep balls. Alan Lazard's going to be a better blocker. But just in terms of being a better overall receiver, I think it's possible. But Lazard's not going anywhere. MVS isn't going anywhere. Randall Cobb's not going anywhere. Amari Rodgers isn't going anywhere. That's five wide receivers who are not getting cut. I mean, it's, it's zero chance in my mind. Amari is zero. Devante is zero. Randall Cobb, unless they want Rodgers to walk off the field, is a zero. Like, he will just go home. Lazard, no way. He's way too critical to everything that Matt LaFleur likes to do. With with his ability to block, there's zero chance they're getting rid of him. At MVS, they just put number two on the death chart. I would have said there's a chance he doesn't make it, but based on that, no. They really like his skill set. He's having a great camp, and, and if he can meet that full potential, which again, I'm skeptical of it, but if he can just be a much more consistent player, there's no question how valuable he can be. And having a guy that can stretch the field, and the fact that we don't really have anybody else that can do it, makes him valuable. If we had a bunch of guys that could do what he can do, then maybe he's at risk, but there's nobody that can do what MVS can do, even if he doesn't do it all that well. So he's relatively safe. So if there's one more spot open, do I think he gets it? Yes, I do. But I don't know. It's a crazy thing. But um, definitely be interesting to see, first of all, who plays and how much. I'm assuming Randall will get a little bit of time. Uh, MVS, Lazar, all these guys I think will get a little bit of time. Funches I think will get a good amount. And that'll be fun too with with Love to be able to see because apparently he's having a great camp with Reggie Beggleton. And how is that going to impact things? Him and, and... Begleton and Tompkins, I think, are are really standing out with Jordan Love. It doesn't work to Devin Funches' benefit. Not that the Packers can't, you know, the coaches can't evaluate things properly if Love isn't, isn't throwing to Funchess as much, but Funchess is doing a good job. I'm sure they can evaluate that. But it doesn't work to his benefit to have a guy like Love who's building chemistry with guys that aren't Devin Funches. whereas if Aaron Rodgers was playing, he might throw to Funches more. But I don't know. It's interesting. Um, tight end, I mean, I just, I can't. All I can think about is Josiah, to be completely honest. I mean, um, I'm, I'm excited to see Tanya. I, I like that Tunyon has, even though I, I have said several times that I think it's maybe a little bit overhyped, I do like that he's basically established himself as just the guy, which is cool, right? Like, we see flashes from like, oh, you know, that was that was great with with Jason. He had, he had a good day, and, you know, Nada had a good day, and deguara's having a good day. But like when he hits Tunyon for twenty yards, it's kind of like, oh yeah, well obviously. I mean, it's, it's almost like a Devonte thing, where it's just it's just assumed like obviously they're gonna have a good connection, and they do, and that's awesome, and that's that's where the primary amount of of confidence in Tunyon comes from. He's just a staple now. It's not like he's last year he was just a breakout guy. Like where is this coming from? Now it's already like an established thing. Like well yeah, I mean that's just he's the go to guy. He's just he's a stud. Like oh okay cool nice well done I guess I don't know I don't know where that came from. But Jace did have at least one really good day. It'll be interesting to see, you know, I mean, if, if he's another guy that I really liked him in college. Haven't liked him as much since he got here and whatnot, but um, the potential is definitely there. I mean, he's the kind of guy that can challenge linebackers, which is an important part of what, what it is we're doing here. But uh, Deguara is like the main, I just, even if he doesn't get the ball, I just want to see what he's doing. That's a cool thing about Deguara. He can do stuff. And even if he doesn't get the ball, it's like, did you see that? oh, that's going to kill him. It didn't now, but that's going to be a killer. Just coming across the formation all the time, lining up in H-back, lining up in, in, as a tight end, lining up as a fullback, all the different ways that the the ways, the places he lines up and the ways he moves and the motions and all these kinds of things, j- just seeing it, even if he doesn't get a single pass, is going to be like, yeah, he's 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 going to be utilized a lot. Um, running back, I'm going to be curious how much time Dylan, I kind of hope Dylan gets a good amount of time because I just want to see... It seems like it's assumed, and I mentioned this I think yesterday, it's assumed that he's just on a different level. I want to see it. I want to see him on a different level. Because if Dylan is kind of struggling, and Kylan Hill just tears it up, I'm going to reiterate my point of, is it possible? Maybe not this year. Is it possible that Kylan is sort of like the next Aaron Jones, insofar as nobody expected much, but he's a stud, and you know, it's sort of one of those good problems to have where it's like, well, we can't put him above Dylan, but we can't not, can we? And obviously this is way too premature. I'm just saying, I just, if, if Dylan doesn't play, that creates a problem for me because I just, I want to see, I just want to see, I want to see Dylan dominate because I've been of the of opinion he's going to be really good. I feel kind of like with Dylan as I do with Rashawn, like I just think he's going to have a good season, but I just, I want to see what he's going to do in the preseason a little bit. But obviously Dexter, Patrick Taylor and Kylan Hill are going to be the main ones. Um, and I'm just, I, I just like running backs, man. I'm always excited to see running backs, and I'm just hopeful to see some really good stuff from them. Defense, again, I don't expect much, if anything, from Kenny. Um, there are also injuries to take into account. So, Kenny, the the Edra, and this is going to be kind of a problem, especially with my barbecue bet as far as um, winning this game. Pressure off the edge is going to be a problem. I don't think Zadarius is going to play. I'm pretty sure Rashawn isn't going to play. So, um, And then Kenny, I don't think, is going to play. So Kingsley Kiki's going to have to do some work. There's been a ton of praise, and I'm real excited about that guy. I need him to get some pressure, and I need Preston to step up. And then whether it's um, Garvin or Tippa or Delante, Chauncey Rivers has actually been... uh, He's also from Baltimore, so maybe there's just that, that whole Baltimore thing. But somebody's got to get that pressure, because I don't want to lose to the Texans and lose my bet. But I do think that's going to be, as far as the actual game goes, the biggest issue. Not that it matters in terms of evaluation, because I'm content with Rashawn and Zadarius, although I would like Rashawn to get some more time. And he might play, I don't know, I just, he has a groin injury, and so I don't think they're going to push that in in an actual live game. But um, especially along the defensive line, Kingsley Kiki, I want to see real bad and see some progress from uh, TJ Slayton, obviously, I just want to see, I mean, it's cool too, because he's going to be easy to pick out, like, oh, that must be TJ right there. (laughs) The monster human being that's the size of two offensive linemen, that's our guy. Um, Jack Heflin has has kind of established himself, surprisingly, which I I guess will be interesting to watch. Um, And then inside linebacker, I mean, again, they're pretty well established what they've been doing, but I just want to see it. And I really want to see Isaiah McDuffie. He just got back from injury, so um, if he is going to be a good football player, we wouldn't know it yet. Obviously, he's not going to be like first team or second team without ever taking a snap, uh, but he still could work his way up. Not that I'm necessarily expecting it. I just want to see him. I want to see what he can do. Uh, Corner. Eric Stokes is going to be the guy. I don't expect Jair or Kevin King to play. I think Kevin's probably still nursing an injury. Jair's way too valuable. So Eric Stokes is probably going to be our number one guy. Um, probably have Josh Jackson as that number two guy. I would like to see Josh. Hello there. Step up. I kind of I kind of put Josh and Dexter Williams, I view, the same way for me. I like them a lot. I've had high hopes for them. I just don't think it's going to work. But I th- if I had to guess, I would say Josh Jackson probably gets the first reps. Um, could be Kadar, whatever I don't know, but Eric Stokes and Shamar Jean Charles are um, the ones I'm probably the most excited to watch. Otherwise, we got special teams, and and you know we'll see what they decide to do for that. If Amari's going to get some work or Cobb or whatever, we'll see. But that's about it. That's all I got. It's nine o'clock here, so I got three hours until um, you know, till the Bears start. So you guys have yourselves a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow where we can recap what we saw and um, talk to you later. Bye.